Hello and welcome to another episode of The Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. Well, have you heard about Lord Howe Island? It is an amazing place in the middle of the ocean between Australia and New Zealand. It's one of those idyllic places where the beauty of God's creation is on full display. There are just perfect unspoiled beaches teeming with fish and beautiful coral. There's a gorgeous surf beach, there's fantastic soaring mountains that you can climb, great views. It's just beautiful. There's only about 400 locals who live on the island and there's about 400 beds for visitors. So it's pretty chilled out, doesn't get crowded. There's no mobile phone reception. Um, only a handful of the locals have cars and they can't drive them above 25 kilometers an hour. So um, life just moves at a really, really pleasant, pleasant pace. And I was lucky enough to go there for a holiday at Easter. And I thought I would take along my trusty recording equipment so I could record an interview with a local for the Lydia Project. Well, I say trusty, but unfortunately, uh, my equipment wasn't that reliable. And after a lovely conversation with Margaret, I looked down and it just disappeared. Now this could well have been operator error because as you all know, I'm a complete rookie at this podcast recording. But unfortunately, I lost basically the first hour of our conversation. Now, when Margaret heard this, she just laughed. <laughs> it fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Now, I if think my I've father asked. was alive, he would <laughs> really? get so much mileage out of that. Oh, dear. oh yeah. Which was a bit of a relief. But I did want to let you know that that had happened because at a couple of points I do refer to our conversation previously or ask her to do something in summary because by then we really did need to wrap the conversation up. Uh, what else can I tell you about the island? Uh, there's a couple of churches on the island, a Seventh-day Adventist church, a little Catholic church and a tiny little Anglican church that uh, Margaret is a part of. Now on a good day this church has about uh, 10 members who all just need to pitch in in that island way and get things done. It would be a really interesting place to be a Christian and Margaret is a really interesting person who has travelled um, a pretty unique journey in some ways to finding Christ. I really enjoyed my conversation with Margaret. We talked about uh, how she came to faith in Christ and evangelism and what it looks like for her to keep living as a Christian on the island. I really hope you enjoy our conversation. Be kind. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm sitting here with the delightfully gracious Margaret <laughs> because we've just done an interview that I didn't record because I think my iPad fell asleep. <laughs> but we're on the balcony of Margaret's yurt because Margaret is an artist and the balcony is just beautiful. There'll be a little movie on Facebook of that. We've already taken that, that recorded. Um, <laughs> but Margaret, we're sitting in Lord Howe Island, which is just one of the most magical places that we love coming to on holidays. And I know you just absolutely love living here. Um, tell me briefly, what brought you <laughs> to living on the island? I was invited here um, by a gallery in Sydney and the um, Lord Howe Island Museum Historical Centre to um, put together a body of artwork and have an exhibition back in Sydney six months later. So that's 
before they had a chance to realise they had the wrong person. I said, yes, I'd love to. And I came January the 9th, 1989, and I'm still here. <laughs> You're still here. Yeah. And you met your husband. Now, had he grown up here? Well, he had, actually. Yeah. His father was the ANSET flying boat agent. Um, yes, and it's Chris. Chris's parents were separated. His mother lived in Perth. And his father had got this job on the island, which was perfect for him. And Chris came over when he was six, nearly seven, fell in love with the place and talked his mother into letting him come and live here, which is quite a remarkable sacrifice because she adored him. And he would go home for the school holidays to Perth when high school started. He came here for the holidays and uni he did in Perth and came back here for the holidays. Um, so yes, he, he really had a history here. Mm. He had roots here. Mm. So do you like evangelism on the island? Is it different to, I mean, there's just less people and do you feel you sort of know where they're at? Is that like almost a disincentive to? You have to be very careful. Yeah. Um, there because was, you're living with them. Yeah, they're, mm. they're, because I will, I will always any opportunity that I get, yeah. I will, you know. And and there are people here who are very receptive, um, and I I always let them lead. Yeah. Though you know I don't ever say anything unless um, you know it really opens up, mm. and they are the ones that have opened it up. Mm. But then, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you do have to be so gentle with it, and or humorous, mm. or light, um, little bites, mm. um, and and as I say, let them lead, mm. because it's a community that is very being very small what's going knows what's going on mm. as far as if your car's parked there oh so you were at the you know uh, there's no anonymity yeah and I can remember once there was um, someone here who'd been here for some years who was very very interested and who had a life that really was lost mm. um, and just through, just through the constant conversations that um, circumstances allowed me to have these conversations mm. with this person, um, eventually they came to church, not just once, but twice. And I'll never forget the comment, but I don't know that Lord's thing, <laughs> the Lord's thing. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's, that doesn't matter. You don't have to know anything. You yeah. know, just 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 enjoy coming. You know, just yeah. just share in. And um, then after the second time, apparently they were confronted by their employer. Don't you go getting churchy on me? I hear you've been down there. And that was it. Wow. What was um, the 
pressure from that particular angle was enough to cut that right off. So, but it doesn't cut God off, you mm. know. So mm. I'm, I'm, I continue to. I mean, that was years ago. Mm. So do you think the employer was concerned that oh well then that person will be out of the roster on Sundays and or just wanted to be mm. negative? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think when people are aware, because I know the employer also was someone who there, who was questioning things, mm. especially 9/11. Mm. I can remember um, a, a very clear response there. It makes you wonder what we're doing this all for. You know, why, mm. why we, when it could all go like that, mm. um, we could all just just be taken like that. Mm. And I said, yes, it's really worth thinking about. Mm. Um, but, you know, you don't want to be heavy on, on things like that. So, mm. you, mm. But that struck me at the time. And I think then when... I, I don't think people like that want to be shaken out of their um, safety, you know, whatever it is that they feel is safe for them. Mm. Um, mm. Yes, it's, a, it's, it's something that is an interesting element in the dynamic here that you, there is no anonymity, mm. um, but there are opportunities, there are always opportunities, mm. as long as you um, don't rush too much and you know life on this island very stressful very busy very rushed <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have time to listen but you know, strangely it is a bit like that with a lot of people really oh yes wow you can't believe it as I say if you've got three jobs yeah you have to be then there's still all this other stuff you and have to do. Traffic. And the traffic. <laughs> and the shops that don't stay open after six. Oh and some dear. that shut at four. Oh dear. And <laughs> some that don't open at all. That's right. <laughs> Just having a day off today. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, I've seen people working hard, but I've also seen very much, like even just you arrive and people talk just a bit slower because they can. Yes. And nothing much has changed since you were last here. <laughs> Oh, that's so good to hear. <laughs> yeah. it is, and it is good, isn't yeah. it? But, um, no, I am being facetious yeah. when I say the rush yeah. and all the rest of it. But it is, people become preoccupied, Yeah, you know. And so how did you become a believer? I know it's a long story with many twists and, twists turns, and turns. And God worked in so many different ways over the journey. So yes. I'll, I'll summarise what um, I'll summarise up to the interesting bit. Now, the whole thing's interesting. <laughs> so you you were born in Papua New Guinea, yeah. and then you had to come down to Sydney to go to boarding school. But it was a very strict boarding school where there was no grace. Yes, you were saying so yes. that really turned 11, you off institutionalised um, religion and yes, the church yes, in general. Yes, didn't it? yes. Yeah. Although always I loved God, mm. but I felt no. Um, uh, it was like being in a spiritual desert mm. when, I, when I came here. But um, when, but because mum was um, a Christian, there was always that 
connection, mm. always that connection with mm. the church. I loved God and kept searching, mm. thinking that I would find him in, in a broader range of um, disciplines, let's say. Mm. Anywhere, you know, you can sort of make up what feels comfortable, really, although I, uh, I don't think I thought that at the time, but that's really what it comes down to. People create their own God. And did you feel that being open-minded, you were open to more than yes, yes. people would find if they were in the church? Exactly. Yeah. And that was the thing that really struck me when, um, when Zoe you know, decided to become baptised, Zoe, our daughter, at 11. And... Um, and I felt God saying, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to um, be an observer or a participant with her? Um, and, you know, that feeling of, oh, Lord, you know, you're so much bigger than this. But if this is the way you're calling her and, and me, then of course I'll come. Um, but oh dear! But did you really feel that was sort of going to be narrowing like a, it yeah, down, and making it smaller? Mm. You know, making God smaller, mm. and it was the opposite. Mm. He he opened things in such a way as to show me that everything that I'd seen before this had been promises that never delivered, mm. um, but just kept you striving more. Mm. You know, and um, trying to reach that impossible goal mm. with this uh, it, so much was opened up it was infinite it mm. just kept going it was it was um, I mean you could never get you can't ever get to the bottom of it can you you can never you, you're always skimming mm. um, in a sense mm. even even those times that are really really deep with God when when you just you were just listening or just sitting with him or waiting on him you still know that you could never um, reach <laughs> anything of any depth really um, it's, he's just so fathomless mm. so yes mm. I was just thinking as you were saying that if people have friends who are like you were in your 20s and 30s searching for everything but still not quite getting there but um, really looking at the church as an inferior way mm. of finding truth and mm. God. What Do you have any tips of, you know, what would be some good questions to ask or gentle encouragements to give to those kind oh, of people? That, that's, that's interesting because I never had that. Mm. Um, my my instant response to that was, you know, just keep praying, mm. just keep praying. Well, that's but what of course, your did, didn't she? Yeah, I, obviously, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, of course, I I I think the one thing I never had was fellowship and community with peers, with people my own age mm. who who I felt comfortable with who. For whom Christianity was a relevant and um, t total part of their life. So it's only through looking at my daughter 
and seeing how she's had that mm. and how it's shaped and grown her mm. um, into the lovely Christian she is, mm. um, that, that I can sort of feel it's only through that kind of coming alongside someone, and we all know this, mm. don't we? You know, when you, you're there to share without imposing anything on anyone, but if, if, you, if you see a need, you're there, mm. um, and they know you're there. Mm. That's, that's what I think. Mm. That's where these things always start opening a, mm. a passage. But as far as... Um, I've, I've always felt that they have to lead. They they have mm. to lead in, in if they if they're searching, they'll start asking. Mm. We we have to listen. Mm. I guess for so that that's, that's really helpful advice. I think it's really helpful. In in a sense, that kind of person um, has much more in common with every other person who's not a Christian. In that sense, that it's it's love and care and taking the opportunities. It's not like because they're super spiritual seekers that they're in a necessarily absolutely basket. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? I used to go to Beach Mission at Byron Bay for years and years, and we met lots of people like that. And yeah, it was quite interesting. Um, yeah, his mind so was lucky so open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that they sort of they couldn't anything. receive anything. <laughs> a bit like that. <laughs> Um, well, it turns yeah. into a bit of a fantasy sometimes too, mm. I think, mm. uh, or, or a different reality. Mm. Um, there's no real grounding. Mm. So, mm. But, I mean, who, who am I to say that? Um, mm. I, I just think back over, over some of my own experiences and I look at them and think, whoa, where was my filter, you know, for <laughs> <laughs> throwing the baby out with the bathwater? in in some cases mm. so yeah i i as i say i think we just need to listen mm. to what they're saying and then take the cues from mm. there yeah no, that's helpful um you were talking about how y yeah i mean we've only just skimmed over the surface but um of all the different ways that god has led you and and guided you t to hear and back to faith in him or to a, a real relational faith in him um, what kind of things keep you going as a Christian, Margaret? Well, <laughs> I've stumped you. Do you want some? Do you want multiple choice? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking back over our, oh, our conversation and and, just and 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 thinking, you know, I could I could answer with that or with that <laughs> yeah. or with that. Yeah. Um, lots of things keep me going. God reminds me of of ways He's supported me in the past. He reminds me of of times when He's picked me up, and and times when He's done extraordinary things. Mm -hmm. And and I and I think it's the, the, these times where you you give yourself. The important thing for me is that quiet time in the morning. I have to have that, or I, I, I cannot imagine my day without that, because that's when I, I always get up really early around five o'clock, and I spend at least more than an hour just just soaking in it because it's so important, and that's when I go through the Bible with 
um, my Bible study and and um, and I find he speaks through that and through you know the various other books I use you know mm. so um, as I say I can't I can't imagine time without that I, I can't imagine a day without that quiet time that's first and foremost yes mm. thank you I mean I'm sure there are there are many other things <laughs> <laughs> you, you feel like it sounds like you feel like that's an incomplete answer but that's yeah well well there's, there's the importance of being still enough to listen to hear even even in the middle of everything you're doing mm. you know mm. are you listening for because something might come up and you you need to be aware mm. of something you know mm. Mm. I mean you have to be able to relax too I know <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but it's just a, a thought you know that sometimes we just get so caught up in the things that bother us and uh, the commitments we've got responsibilities um, that that we are more focused on that instead of what he's doing mm. in all this mm. and mm. Um, yeah so it's an open-ended mm. thing but it does kind of tie into what you were saying I think a friend said to you or you've reached the conclusion yourself <laughs> I just need to live in this 24 hours because oh yes you can't yeah. God says don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's yes. got enough worries of itself. Yeah. I mean we can plan, but it's that worry and stress that we attach to the future that's doesn't actually Absolutely. achieve anything. Absolutely. Absolutely.